Breathe in and out. You sound like a yoga instructor. I've been doing some morning yoga. It's good. Yeah. Okay, ready? Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, everyone. So here's the deal. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this, you know, this is just, this sits at the top of my script and I Mm -hmm. read it every week. Mm -hmm. I was reflecting on it though. Oh, oh. Working artists, I imagine that, like, I just breeze by that. I know what it means to me. But I could imagine that for some people listening, they might be like, what does that mean? Uh, What it means, people, is that we don't have a trust fund, and we're not independently wealthy, and we have no other source of income. I know that that might seem, like, super weird to, like, even say, but I think that a lot of people sort of assume that, like, two people, like, around age 50, well, Shannon's not close to 50, she's only 48. You know, I'm 50. Um, It's a different world out here, baby. It's not bad. But, you know, I think that people might imagine, like, well, I mean, you can't can't do music for a living, obviously, so they must have gotten rich doing tech or something like that back in the 2000s. No. No, people, I want you to know, we want you to know that what that means is that we literally, every single dollar that we spend on something that we need in our life, like, I don't know, our mortgage or food or healthcare, mm-hmm. literally comes from doing art in community with people. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. It is so weird. It's unusual. But that's what working artist means for us. That's what that means for Thanks us. Thanks for not breezing by today. I just wanted to lean on that a little bit because I'm sure some people are like, oh, working artist, that's great. So like working at what? Eating bonbons uh. on the couch? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so uh, anyway. We're a married pair of working artists, and with that as context and preamble, (laughs) this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking. I love how there's an implied causation sort of in that sentence, like as though because we're a married pair of working artists, this is what gives us the right to talk on mics to you. No. No, we're not experts. It's just two things that are both true. That's true. (laughs) That's all it is. That's all it is. We're not experts. There is no express or or implied warranty. You should absolutely Mm. not take anything we say on here as being either true or Mm. advice. Yeah. No legal advice. Mm Mm-mm. No relationship advice. No. Yeah, whatever. No, past performance is no indication of future returns. Pure entertainment. That's what you should expect from us. That's it. Yeah, okay. So Opinions, mostly bad. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) it's our weekly date, this podcast is, for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with you people about what's mattering to us this week. We're so happy you're here. And hi, Sugar. Hi. And like we do with every podcast, we start off with announcements, announcements, announcements. And the big, uh, one big unusual announcement that we have today is that uh, this is our last podcast episode for a few weeks. We're going to be off the next two weeks. Yeah. Because we're going to be traveling to California and preparing for and then eventually doing our theater debut show Ah! at the Sophia. Ah! So we'll see you in a few weeks. Can't wait. That leads me to announcement number two. Oh, let me guess. The show at the Sophia is coming up. Ooh. In like 10 days from when this podcast debuts. So it's like a week and a half. It's like, it is on us. It is here. It's freaking imminent. It's Saturday, April 22nd. Mm -hmm. Um, Doors at seven, show at eight. Yeah, Tickets are available for you to go purchase now. Tickets are selling pretty well, y'all. It's good. I'm really excited. Like, we're going to have, I think, a pretty fun feeling room. The show is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we've we gotten all of the round one videos from our video artist, our amazing video artist, Charles Kasky. Uh, and, oh my gosh, like, first of all, when I say version one, like, 
80% of them are just done. They're so good. His round one things almost always when he sends them to us are like, oh, wow, that's great. That's so good. And that's it. It's going to be awesome. We're getting merch in that mm-hmm. we've ordered for the mm-hmm. show. Like, it's all happening. It's just happening. So if you have not, if you're in Northern California, I'm, I'm putting a challenge out mm. to anyone within spitting distance of Sacramento. Do you live in the Central Valley in Stockton? Do you live in the Bay Area? Can you spit 90 miles? <laughs> Metaphorical spitting distance. Uh, yeah. If you can get yourself to Sacramento on a Saturday, you should get yourself a ticket. Get two tickets. Bring a friend. Yeah. You're going to want to be there. And we want you to be there. Also, the- like for people who are traveling from afar, I'm just going to throw this out what? there. You might want to stay at a hotel because maybe it's a little too far to like drive out, see the show. Maybe you don't want to drive back after. Mm. Maybe you want to have a drink at the show and just like chill. Fair point. Ask me about getting you some comped tickets. Oh, interesting. We have this new thing that has sort of started happening in our world. We're calling it Ticket Angels until we think of a better name. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good name, but Is maybe we can do better. Yep. I'm not sure. There's all these people in our community of supporters who have been sort of coming out of the woodwork volunteering to purchase tickets for strangers, for people who they don't know, in order to help us pack the house and to help other people for whom a ticket might be a barrier get into the show, right? So there's a couple different use cases here. Maybe someone is financially challenged. I mean, that has been me. I have had so many times in my life when a $25 ticket was over a line that I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was too expensive, sure. yeah. you know? Pair of tickets with fees is 64 bucks for this show. I can do that now, uh, but man, five years ago, that would have been really, really hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I totally get it. So if that's you, no shame. Reach out. We want you at the show. The money's not the point. As with everything we do, the community's the point. Also, in that same vein, if it would help you get to the show because not all barriers are financial. Mm. Sometimes a barrier is just like, eh, it's it's a $64 in tickets and we got to get a hotel because it's too far. Well, what if the tickets were free and you paid for the hotel? Would that make it doable? Mm. Reach out. My email is jamie at misfitstars.com. You can just basically ask. We at this, at the time of recording, have seven Ticket Angel tickets that have yet to be claimed. Ooh. You could claim some of them. Yeah. Just let me know how many you need. Do you need two? Do you need four? Let me know. So you can email Jamie at jamie at yeah. misfitstars.com yeah. if you wanted to buy your tickets. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. Yep. And you can go to the B Street Theater and buy them directly from their website. Yep. We cannot wait to see you. Ah! Okay. Uh, also, if you're a Misfit Stars supporting member, if mm-hmm. you are a member of our Misfit Stars patron support group, yep. thank you. Yeah. Uh, we're having brunch on Sunday <sighs> after the show in uh, the Sacramento area. Yeah. We're hosting brunch for you. Oh, yeah. So if you're a Misfit Star and you have not yet RSVP'd to be at brunch, what are you doing? Come send, brunch. Send me an email, shannon at misfitstars.com. We're going to make an eggy breakfast and hang around outdoors at uh, the home of one of our dear friends and other Misfit Star person. Yep. Uh, it, it's going to be a lovely afternoon, so yeah. let us know. Um, the last announcement that I have for y'all is, uh, this is for everybody, whether you're in Northern California or not. Mm. And that is, we have uh, a relatively new 80s kids song out. Uh, that makes two 80s kids songs so far yeah. that we have released. It's an ongoing project. Yep. We're going to be releasing uh, a new 80s kids song every month-ish. Ish. Song three is getting pushed back a little bit. Because this show is kind of screwing everything it up. It really is kind of like putting a dent in, in the schedule. Yeah. But that's okay because we're in charge of the schedule and we can jig it around. So it's great. Uh, so, but, but there are two songs out. Go listen to them. Yeah. You can uh, download them for as little as $0 on Bandcamp if yeah. you are a Bandcamp person. And by the way, you don't have to like literally download, like you don't have to like get an MP3 and do something complicated. No, but some people do do that. Well, like, the point also a- though is that the Bandcamp, Bandcamp has 
has like a streaming app, just like right. Spotify has a streaming mm -hmm. app or Apple Music. They all just have apps, and Bandcamp's right. one of them. If you listen to the song, you can listen to it three times for free without purchasing it. But if you want to listen to it a lot more than that, you can purchase it for the zero dollars if you want, and then just listen to it in the app in an unlimited so kind true. of way. But also, if you're a Spotify listener, it's there. It's really anywhere that you stream music, you'll find these songs. So go listen to the 80s kids songs. And also, what? while you're there, just queue up Good To Me. And give that a spin. That's our new album that we're debuting this uh, show for this coming week. Oh yeah. my God. Wow. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, I'm so proud of this this album and uh, just get it in your ear holes. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. I promise you. Yep. That's it for announcements. I at think least so. As far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. So Jamie, how are you feeling today? Well, thanks for asking, Sugar. You know, uh, I'm feeling... Uh, Tired but strong, mm -hmm. to quote Desherazone. Um, <laughs> Desherazone, I should yes. just like say that and breeze by. It's just this uh, silly meme thing it, on the internet. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so tired but strong, you know. Uh, it's just been a really tiring couple of weeks. We've yeah. been working our butts off. We've been working on weekends some. We haven't been getting enough downtime. Uh, but also powering through, feeling great about where everything's going yeah. and generally good. How about you, Sugar? Uh, I'm tired also. Mm -hmm. um, I'm feeling kind of calm right mm -hmm. now, which is good because I haven't had calm moments the last couple of days. Yeah. It's been kind of a rough week, rough start to the week. Yeah. But I'm doing better today. Yeah. And feeling pretty A-okay. So I'll take awesome. it. I'll take the win. Uh, I am under the impression that you're going to help us get less dumb. Class, anyone, anyone? And I'm just going to say right now, if, I, if you're going to make me more mad and less dumb... Well... I I'm just, I need to prepare. You're already mad. We're already mad. Oh, okay. Because this is about abortion pills. Oh, Jesus. So everyone's already fucking pissed off. Really, really mad. Yeah. Um, so that said- We're mad because there's that stupid judge in Texas who mm -hmm. really, it's, it's astonishing the decision that he, that he brought down. He, he invalidated- the FDA's approval of mifepristone. How do you say that? You know, I looked up the pronunciation for both of these, this pair of drugs. Okay. So it's mifepristone. Mifepristone? It's more ma. They say mifepristone. Mifepristone. Okay, no, well, anyway. M-U-H is what it says. Mifepristone. Mifepristone. Even though I, it's an I. That's what I said. Yeah, I don't okay. get it. You said meh. Okay. It's ma. Anyway. That's what they say. He. And then the he, other one I, is misoprostol. Okay, that's good to know. Um, I'm going to mess him up. Yep. Just be prepared for that. Okay. So the Texas judge... I'll just correct you every time and I'll be really <laughs> condescending about Thank it. Thank you. I just appreciate interrupt it. and be like, no. That should help things. Uh, that, that, actually, it's pronounced Muffapristone, Shannon. That should really, really help things. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just going to uh, actually all, just all my no. way through this. It's okay, terrible. So this judge in Texas, just to briefly recap if you haven't heard, um, he invalidated the FDA's approval of this drug which has been in the market and was approved of 23 years ago. Yeah, it's not new. And also, the undoing of the approval is based on, frankly, nothing. Junk science. There was, not even there, science. There was no evidence nope. produced for this judge uh, to, uh, on which to base this decision. It's really just his feels. He's basing this decision on his feels. That's all it is. And he used a lot of, like, like super right-wing anti-abortion activist language uh -huh. in his quote-unquote right. legal decision. Not, it was really weird. It read less like a legal decision and more like a MAGA blog post. Wow. Wow. Awesome. It was, it was so, real weird. Like, instead of using the, the, the term of art doctors, he called them abortionists. What? What? In a legal opinion. No. Oh, no. And there's others. No. There's, there, oh, yeah. There's, there's oh, other examples. Oh, my gosh. He refers to, uh, to them not as fetuses, but as unborn humans. Oh, 
Stop it. I know, it's wild. It's not based in Seriously, science Seriously, it's like your all. crazy uncle on Facebook, only he's got a black robe and he's like making nationwide judicial decisions. Right. So good news is that 20 minutes after that decision, that horrible decision came down, uh, another federal judge in Washington State... In a different case. In a different case... Um, uh, ruled that the FDA could not pull uh, their authorization for abortion medication. But quite so, the opposite, had to continue making it available. Right. Like affirmatively had to continue making it available. Right. So it's still available as we speak, but yeah. these conflicting opinions, uh, judicial decisions, are, are creating a scenario in which they'll probably be, this, this, this issue will probably be appealed and get to the Supreme Court fairly quickly. And who yeah. the hell knows what's going to happen there? Because these are the same assholes that invalidated uh, Roe versus Wade last summer with their Dobbs decision. So yeah. who really knows? But what's was that? That's just background. That was the background. That's helpful. Okay, that's great. great. That saves gonna... me having to do it. Okay, great. So uh, there is this wonderful uh, newsletter person. Uh, her name is Caitlin Jedalina. She writes a newsletter under the name Your Local Epidemiologist, YLE. And, uh, she, you know, epidemiology isn't just about, like, viruses and stuff. It's also about kind of anything to do with public health. Right. So including this. Right. And so she's kind of an expert, and she's good at synthesizing data and facts and sort of helping us mm -hmm. see where things are going to go. Mm -hmm. And she just had a really helpful little thing about what does this mean today, right? Okay. Because as Shannon sort of laid out, there's these conflicting opinions. There's going to be appeals first to the Fifth Circus <laughs> Court of Appeals. <laughs> uh, that's just a little Thanks, judicial Dad. joke. Yep. <laughs> and then to the uh, probably Supreme Court pretty quickly, right? Yeah. But what does it mean today, right? So I'm just going to read from her thing because it's really helpful. She okay. says, so today people can still get both of these drugs, mm -hmm. right? The two. Uh, will this change in the future? It's unclear. Mm -hmm. The ball is now in the hands of appellate courts within the U.S. justice system, and the case will likely go to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, it's unclear how the FDA and the drug manufacturers will respond, given that the FDA is now under contradictory rulings. Right. Now, this is super interesting, this part. She says, the FDA could use something known as enforcement discretion, Okay. Which is to say they could elect not to enforce the Texas ruling for the medications within its purview. Mm. Now, this is not the same thing as ignoring the court, mm. but is a long-recognized power of the FDA that indeed the Supreme Court itself recently approved of in 1985. Mm. They recently. can, and well, I mean, in terms of the age of our country sure. and the Supreme Court, yes, it's recent, right? Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, okay. 85 seems like a long time ago, but yes, you're right. Yeah, well. Relatively speaking. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the country didn't start when you and I were born. No, no, so no, So it seems long in our life scale, I get, okay, but in the United on, States on. life scale. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so they can do this with Mufepristone because the Texas judge did not order the FDA to take any particular action. Mm. The judge is saying the approval was never valid in the first place, but there's nothing for the FDA to quote-unquote do. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Like he didn't say you have to revoke the approval. No. Nope. Or like there was nothing like that. Nope. So, Weird. Weird how the, the judge who like uses junk science and just like propaganda talking points to write his quote-unquote legal decision fails to actually write anything that, like, can do anything. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, she raises a really good point here. Uh, the bottom line is that medical choices for pregnancy care are, are being tested right now, right? Uh, this is the first time a judge has stayed approval of a drug 
over the objection of the FDA and the drug manufacturer. Uh, mm -hmm. And she points out rightly that it's a precedent that could upend our medication ecosystem well beyond abortion. No kidding. Oh, because yeah. Because if we get to a point here where just like any judge can just be like, I'm revoking this drug from the marketplace. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 terrible. It's, it's, it's dangerous and bad. Precedent. You know, and hopefully it's obviously a bad and dangerous enough precedent that the Supreme Court if only to protect their own image, might just be like, oh, whoa, this is a bridge too far. But I, who knows what's a bridge I too far for them? don't think the Supreme Court really thinks that their image can be tarnished. They've got a guy who it just broke last week has been receiving gifts totaling millions of dollars over the last 20 years in travel from a guy who has had multiple cases before the Supreme Court. He's a billionaire businessman. He has stuff before them routinely. Cla Inter interest before them routinely. He he files briefs, amicus briefs oh, all yeah. the time. Clarence Thomas, and he has not disclosed any of these gifts. It is astonishing. It's wild. I mean, if we're, like, seriously, if the Supreme Court cared or thought that their image was touchable or that it mattered. Yeah. Because honestly, what it doesn't really matter to these folks, right? These This conservative, radical majority that's on the court right now they just don't give a fuck yeah. that their image might be tarnished because they have power and they're just going to keep using it to decrease our rights, yeah. to decrease the, the 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 foundations of democracy to remain in power. They they are on board with the like let's let's entrench minority rule in this country. They are so with it. So like their image is like seriously not really a concern. And also they don't care. I kind of think that probably they don't really care what posterity would think of them because I don't think that they think that anything matters except how they're judged in heaven by God. Oh, gosh. You know what I mean? I don't even want to know. <laughs> like, it sounds weird to say because that's sort of Looney Tunes, but, like, I think they may actually think that. Can I also just point out how stupid it is to think that, that if there is an all-knowing creator of the universe that, that that entity would be proud of the actions that these people are doing? Seriously. Their God, that their, their definition of God is a tiny, ugly, terrible God. Yeah. Small G. Small G God. Anyway. Man. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> are you though? <laughs> Maybe not. I reserve the right. So thank you for helping us get less dumb. Yeah, that's just kind of the state of play right now. Uh... <laughs> And we'll just have to see how things go. Uh, and it will probably go quickly. I'd like to say I feel optimistic. Uh, I share uh, Shannon's uh, nervousness about this. We're just going to have to see. So, you know, keep the faith, people. Yeah. Not much we can really do. I know that we usually try to be like, here's some things you can do. There's not really, frankly, a lot right here. Just cross, <laughs> cross your fingers and let's wish for the best. Yeah, I mean, there, there are things you, you can do to, you know, help in the short term, if you are a donating person, you can donate to to causes that are, you know, support abortion care in the yep. states where it's becoming impossible to access that care. Yep. Um, you know, there there are, are um, a few states, Washington included. I think the other ones are California and Massachusetts yeah. who have um, been stockpiling abortion medication because, like, fifty percent of abortions are 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 done with with, with medication. This medication. It is safe, effective, easy. Yep. Painless, like it's it's yeah. it is such a great way to be treated uh, when you need treatment in this way, yeah. you know. Like anyway, but you you can you know advocate for for your you know your state to do something similar. Uh, you can certainly call your representatives and advocate for court reform because starting with this, ch this ju judge in Texas all the way up to the corrupt Supreme Court justices, we need massive court reform and yeah. we need 
you know, so there's, there, you know, if, if you feel like doing something, there are a few things you can do. Yep. Fair point. You know, while we're here, why don't mm. we just quickly detour into a let's get more mad sort of tangent? Oh, jeez. Really? I just, I just heard about this like today. What? Yeah, apparently Florida... Florida's sort of like the proving ground right now for the most Looney Tunes, but also oh. fascist lawmaking. Oh, yeah. Right? Because they have a supermajority and they can just kind of do whatever the hell they want. And increasingly, whatever the hell they want is just really crazy authoritarian shit. Harmful stuff. Yeah. And so the newest thing is they have just uh, passed a law, I believe... Uh, legalizing what's known as baby boxes. Oh my God. Oh my God. I these, just read these about These are like this. literally drop boxes that like you, because you know how like almost everywhere you can just like hand over a baby that like you a, can't care for to like a fire station. It's called safe surrender. And yeah. you can like for, you can, you can, you can surrender a baby to a first responder. Yeah. And it's legal in a lot of states. It's yeah. not across the board. Right. But it's but, pretty common. Yeah. So like you can just show up at like a fire station and you don't have to give your name. You don't have to tell, you can do it anonymously and you can hand off a baby. Well, taking it one step <laughs> further, now they've legalized, like they're Did they actually a, pass this or is it just making its way through the legislature? I think they passed it, but people should check my work. Okay. But I mean, here's the thing. If it's making its way through legislature, if it's not passed now, it will be by the time people are hearing the sound of my voice because they do this stuff quickly and there's a veto-proof majority. So, so tell me what it is. Tell us what it is. Uh, so it's literally like a box that they're going to place. It's like a climate-controlled lockbox that you can literally put a baby in no. without even giving it to a person. You just put no. a baby in a box at like a fire station and just like walk away and there's a baby in a box. traumatic for anyone involved. No. The baby, the person surrendered. Like, oh my God. God. It's just horrific. These monsters. I feel like the they monstrosity is kind of the point, honestly. It's to scare people so much oh and God. to make them horrified enough that they just don't do it. Because the whole point of this really is to saddle women with unwanted children. And that's appalling. Uh, but also, I feel like we should not not talk about it. So anyway, now, I, now I'm more mad. We are going to rename this segment just Let's Get More Mad. It's, not, <laughs> it's, never, it's never these days something like, hey, that was fun to know. Thanks. Yeah, right? <laughs> like some kind of interesting like Bill Nye the Science Guy thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's the, we need more of that. We do. We'll, we'll work on that. Uh, so this feels important. Please hold for a very important message. Okay. So, uh, continuing the theme of being mad about stuff. Stop it. Really? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. But again, this does feel important. I understand. So, okay. there's reporting today uh, out in uh, the Washington Post. Today being uh, Tuesday, April 11th. Uh, so, there is this new study. It's a peer-reviewed study uh, out of South Africa. Um, oh, the headline for it is, Rich People's Swimming Pools Are Fueling Water Crises in Cities, mm. study says. And you know what? We don't need to spend a ton of time on this, but I'll just sort of cover some of the top-line elements so okay. people get the contours of what's going on here. Yeah. Rich elites are fueling water crises by using huge amounts of limited water resources on things like their private swimming pools, irrigating their gardens, and washing their cars, a new study says adding that their use of water could affect urban areas, quote, at least as much as climate change or population growth. So the use of water by rich elites in cities is affecting our water supply at least as much 
as climate change is or population growth. It's or bonkers. population. Is, oh my God. Continuing this analysis, which was published in the journal Nature Sustainability on Monday. It's a peer-reviewed study and a peer-reviewed journal mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. thing. Uh, it focused on the South African coastal city of Cape Town, and it found that the two wealthiest groups of residents, so like the top and then like the upper middle class, basically is how it's divided. Okay. You know, it's like one of those classic like five strata, like like upper class, upper middle, middle, middle lower and lower. It's that okay. kind of thing, okay. 20 percentiles, you know. Got it. Um, it found that the two wealthiest groups of residents were responsible for more than half of the city's water consumption, despite representing less than 15% of the population. Wow. So 15% of the population using more than 50% of the resource. Wow. Um, and so what else? Uh, but how are we going to swim if we don't have the water? I know, it's crazy. The study divided the city's residents into five groups based on income and found that most of the elite groups' water usage and a large proportion of the upper middle income groups' usage stemmed from non-essential activities, such as watering their gardens, filling their swimming pools, and washing cars. In contrast, the water use among the rest of the population, so again, the other 85%, mm -hmm. focused on basic requirements such as drinking and hygiene. Mm. Right? And that's really, <laughs> honestly, that's kind of... That, here's another thing, too. In times of drought, the wealthier groups also used, quote-unquote, private water sources to oh. supplement their public water supply. Where'd they get this private water? They got it by drilling down into the ground to access groundwater, no. which also then threatens the long-term water resources yeah. for the entire city. Yeah. It's just... All bad, you guys. Uh, so heads up on that. So first of all, two things. Uh -huh. uh, you know, most of us aren't in the elite group. But that said, it's a good takeaway for me to know mm. that like swimming pools, I've always kind of had a suspicion, especially like living in California for now, for as long as I have now. Mm. That or like that you did. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> good point. I lived, so I lived for a quarter century in California and I increasingly toward the end of it, especially had this sort of vague Un, like intangible feeling that there was something slightly immoral and hard to justify about swimming pools. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't like a swimming pool, especially in hot California, right? To be fair. Yeah. But also, it just seemed like there was a part of me that's like, man, there's droughts all the time and that mm. seems like a lot of water in there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it really just, this, this kind of really cemented that feeling for me. And that's kind of a bit of cognitive dissonance because again, who doesn't like a swimming pool I in know. the summer, right? I know. Also, I wonder if maybe there are just more ethical ways to take a dip. Maybe public pools so it's a shared resource, yeah, not a private for thing. for sure. That could be a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, also, you know, swimming in rivers can be a thing too. Yeah. Not everywhere. But right. a lot of places. Yeah. So I don't. Kind of slimy though. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's fair. The filtration in the in the rivers is not necessarily as good as in the private pools. I know you love swimming in rivers and lakes. Mm-hmm. It's and I you know conceptually I enjoy it also, but it can be slimy. I prefer swimming in rivers precisely because of the slimy factor because the water in lakes can be a bit more stagnant. Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But rivers, see, I grew up in Vermont where all the rivers kind of by definition, it's sort of hilly there. It's, it's kind of like low-key mountainous. It's called the mountain, the Green Mountain State. Green being a synonym for small. There's small mountains. Oh, yes, yeah. right. But, you know, the water's always rushing downward and it always felt pretty fresh, not too slimy there, but I get your point. Also freezing cold. But freezing yeah. freaking cold. So, so Yeah. Um, that this it's appalling that that 
once I mean, it's just it's it, it, it's it's all greed, right? It's all yeah. like a certain class of people deciding that they deserve more resources than yeah. So than than the majority of the population, it's astounding to me. Yeah. Um, and so you know, here's another thing too. Mm-hmm. Like this is just don't think that because they did this one study in Cape Town, it's like oh things are bad in Cape Town. It's a microcosm, but it is generalizable. Like they yeah. also looked at metropolitan cities around the world, mm-hmm. right? More than 80 metropolitan cities around the world have faced serious water shortages due to droughts and overconsumption mm-hmm. in the past two decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, including a bunch of cities in America, yeah, right? I, you know, I didn't read the article today, but I saw the headline that came through about the Biden administration made some kind of a statement about how there may need to be reallocation of water from the Colorado River to yeah. the southwest of the United States. Yep. That's where like all of Southern California gets their water. Oh, and yeah. like and the Colorado River is drying up. Like like yeah. they just Lake Mead and you know that it's just it's it's not a good situation. And so like they they're having to make some calls. And again, I don't know the details because I didn't follow the article, but this is it is water is gonna be it already is a, a situation where like we all need to be part of conserving where we can and uh, and sharing this resource equitably. Man, so, you know, you're touching on something here. So the kicker to this article, so people, a kicker is like the last thing in an yeah, article. Yeah. It's the last mm-hmm. little bit, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, I'll read the, the last little mini paragraph here mm-hmm. and it touches on exactly what you're saying. Last month, just last month, the United Nations warned of the risk of what they call a global crisis in water supply Mm -hmm. due to the reduced availability and increased demand for water. And they noted that the number of people in urban areas facing water scarcity is expected to double from 2016 to 2050, potentially affecting between 1.7 and 2.4 billion people with a B. Holy moly. That's that's 2.4 thousand million people. That's crazy. I mean, it's it's well more than 25% of the population of the earth. Of the earth. Right? Holy moly. That's a huge, huge problem. I mean, for context, if there are a hundred million climate refugees, that already poses massive social problems. We're seeing that in real time mm-hmm. in America and in Europe, mm-hmm. right? Just the small numbers in the tens of millions of people who are currently climate refugees, mm-hmm. uh, it's already posing that, like, that's where a lot of this authoritarianism and, like, fascism is coming from, right? Because it's brown skinned people migrating from the center of the earth northward mm-hmm. into brown skinned people migrating into Europe, brown skinned people migrating into America economic problems caused by unfair distribution of resources. Mm-hmm. Conservatives need someone to blame for that. Who to blame? The brown skin people who are arriving. Cer- it's like this really neat recipe for fascism. Certainly let's not blame the people who are hoarding everything. No, right? Yeah. Because they're white and therefore virtuous. Yeah. You know, so this people, this is this thing is coming out as like a freaking freight train. Wow. And I just kind of wanted to like, I mean, you're not getting the heads up from me. I'm not oh, like no. some prognosticator. I'm just seeing this and going... Holy shit, like this is within our lifetimes for sure. Mm-hmm. 2.4 million people being displaced causes problems. 2.4 billion, oh my God. Mm-hmm. If the problems scale linearly, it means the problems are going to be a thousand times worse. Like it's really mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay, let's move on. The good news is, okay, so people, good what? news for the podcast. What? We only have Inspiration Station left, Thank and God. it's all good, and we have a bunch of them. Oh, so people, without further ado, I would like to invite you in with me to the Inspiration Station. Inspiration Station. It's about time. It's about goddamn time. 
Okay, start us off. I would love to. So I just have a couple of really lovely little quotes for people to think about. I just really hope these will kind of brighten your day as they did mine when I saw Mm -hmm. them. So I'll do one, and then you can do something, and I'll do a second one. Okay. That sound good? Yes. Okay. So my first one is a quote from an author and speaker named Verna Myers. She was born uh, in 1960, Mm -hmm. and she says this. Diversity is being invited to the party. Mm-hmm. Inclusion is being asked to dance. I love that. That's cool. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. What a great way to think about it. I love that. Yeah. Okay, I actually have two inspirations. So I'll do oh one and then we'll do yours again and then we'll come back to me, okay? Wow. That's what we're going to do. Okay, yeah. Um, so my first one is a, just a short quote that I, um, a friend of mine, uh, my friend Scott sent me um, on Instagram Messenger mm-hmm. and he's like, hadn't heard this one before. I'm not sure where I missed it, but it was cool and he wanted me to, to, to hear it and it was great. Uh, Bert, uh, Bertolt Brecht. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, art is not a mirror held up to reality, but a hammer with which to shape it. Oh, I love it. And that felt really just like, yeah, to me. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like the stuff that the stuff that we make, the stuff that listeners you make, the things you create in the world, that action is a hammer shaping reality. Don't forget the power in what you do. Yeah. And what you make. Yeah. How and cool you know, is that? And it's anyone who makes stuff. Yes, you know absolutely. What I mean? Yes. Absolutely. It all matters. Okay, give us your next one. Okay. So my next one is a quote from the writer Anne Lamott. Love her. Love her. And it's just the most inspiring little micro quote. Okay. Joy is the best makeup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't that nice? I do love that. Yeah, you know, as a tangent related to this, but it made me think of this situation. I have a friend on Facebook who did a post the other day about having worn a, what they thought, what she thought was a really like pretty dress to like an Easter service, but she didn't get positive feedback for it. And she was bemoaning the fact that she's overweight and just feeling really down on herself. Mm. But the photo that she shared of herself wearing this dress, like, she has the most beautiful, mm-hmm. radiant smile. Yeah. And it's like, how could you not look at that smile and just feel uplifted? I mean, just looking at it in a photo, I felt that way. Imagine being in in, in the presence of her smile in person, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we focus on the wrong things in terms of what makes us attractive to other people, you yeah, know? Yeah. And that, that that's... That's her wearing joy as her makeup. Her beautiful smile mm-hmm. lights up a room. Yeah. You know, like our bodies are just containers for our souls, people. That's right. You know? The soul is the beautiful part. That's it. Okay, this, this is, um, I, I, I've been holding this, this item for Inspiration Station for a while, but after having so many things that felt so freaking depressing on today's podcast, I decided I <laughs> it's wanted weird to times. pull this one out because yeah. it was help. It just feels helpful to me. Um, and I don't even remember where I saw this, um, but the, the the title of this little paragraph is called Attention. And then the, the two little paragraphs that follow say, put your attention on suffering, which is constant and everywhere, and it is all you will see. Joy will come and laughter, but you will find it brief, possibly a distraction. Put your attention on joy, being connected and feeling whole, and you will find it everywhere. Your heart will still break. You will know grief, but you will find it a reasonable cost for the random abundance of miracles and the soft, wild rhythms of love. 
Mm. Return to love as many times as you can. Mm. And I just felt like I needed to hear and read aloud those words after having had my attention on so many things that were, Yeah. Like we can, we can, we can take those, we can see in their fullness all the things that are painful and that are hard and that are frustrating and that cause us anger. Mm-hmm. And we can do that in a way that that protects our spirits when we spend a lot of time putting our attention on joy. Yeah. Which is a great segue to our gratitude crank up. All right. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Well, the whole point of the gratitude crank up is to focus on joy. That is, you know, I do a daily gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. I post about it on social media and in our Misfit Stars group. I've been posting it in the Misfit Stars group for the last couple few years now. Mm -hmm. I try to do it daily. Mm -hmm. I give myself the task of identifying five items. Yeah, It's just an arbitrary number, but it's enough of a number that I have to sometimes work for it. Yeah. And, and I also know that at the end of each day, I'm going to have to come up with a list of five. Have to, because I've made a commitment to myself to do that. That's it's not right. like anyone's like, I'm not going to get in trouble, but it's a commitment I've made mm-hmm. to myself. And so it's important to me, you know? And so because I know I'm going to have to come up with a list of five things at the end of my day, I look for those things throughout the day. It is a tool that helps me focus on moments of joy throughout my day. Mm-hmm. And do this very thing of putting my attention on joy. So th- th- that's the purpose of the gratitude practice for me is mm-hmm. to, to pay attention to joy. Um, the thing that I'm wanting to express gratitude for today on the podcast is related to our show mm-hmm. coming up. Me too. In, is it really? Yeah. So, you know, there's a little bit of background just for this, this, this comment. I... For for a long, long time, we did, we did almost 10 years of backyard and living room house concerts all yep. over the country, like 600 of them or something like that. 600 plus. Um, and those, every single one like was special for its own reason. And it was yeah. such an amazing time. Over the course of those years, I found myself, you know, wanting to stretch myself a little further in my performance and this mm-hmm. this way and maybe maybe I'll expand on my storytelling a little bit maybe I'll try something a little different with my delivery here maybe we'll start incorporating the, score I did the best I could to do score and sound mm-hmm. effects yep like just because we had these ideas we wanted to sort of expand what we were doing and and just like explore new ways of giving people an experience of of a shared art experience mm-hmm. you know and the pandemic hit and the house concerts went on pause. We did 50 online Zoom house concerts, which were amazing in their own way. Um, but this, these last couple of years, I feel like my opportunity to imagine and dream the new ways in which I want to stretch and grow in, my, in our performance, mm-hmm. like that accelerated mm-hmm. over the last couple of years because of the, paused, the pause from touring. And especially over this last year, as we were making the album good to me and sort of starting to visualize how we wanted to bring it to the world once we could get out and start playing live again, Mm -hmm. um, we had all these big ideas, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, And honestly, for a lot of my career as a musician, these big ideas would have not been really doable. Mm-hmm. You know, there wouldn't have been the opportunity to actually realize them. Yeah. 
But here we are a week and a half out from the debut of a show in a beautiful theater Mm -hmm. where we have designed every bit of the show according to all of those dreams that we've been having these last couple of years about what we want to do next with our live performance. Mm -hmm. And I just feel an immense amount of gratitude and it's humbling when I think about it that we have the opportunity to actually realize these ideas. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. And I feel so, so grateful. I for the for the the opportunity itself, which you know is kind of nebulous, but I can also break out the gratitude for specific people like our Misfit Stars community who mm-hmm. has supported us mm-hmm. over these last years and given us this opportunity to to dream something and create something new. Yeah. Like Y'all, if you're a Misfit Star supporter, you're directly responsible mm-hmm. for for this. And this gratitude post is for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and and for and for just people who are, you know, the folks who have bought tickets and are gonna show up mm-hmm. and like, you know, all, also to the theater itself and the promoter that's putting on the show that placed belief in us that allowed us like there's so many layers of yeah. of gratitude here. Yeah. And like to be able to actually realize this creative dream is an awesome, awesome thing. And I am so deeply grateful. Yep. How about you? I love it. Uh, You know, on my end, and this could just be because I am the one more responsible for the technical side of things, (laughs) I'm feeling very grateful today that our show feels under control. Yeah. All the tech stuff really is just kind of done and dusted. Mm-hmm. It's all just working consistently, uh, uncontroversially. It works the first time every time. I'm Knock on all kinds wood. of wood. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it does feel very, very solid, though, and I feel really good about that, yeah. you know? Uh, it took a lot to get it there, but it's there. And now we can just deploy this show, mm-hmm. and I'm real excited about that. I think it's real cool. Yeah. Y'all, thank you so much for hanging out with us for a little while. We will be back again uh, a few weeks from now. Uh, we'll be taking two weeks off, so mm-hmm. we'll see you on like the other side. Three weeks-ish, like very beginning of May-ish, very end of April. Don't know what the Wednesday is, but right around there. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, um, and yeah, we'll be back then. Uh, but, uh, man, until then, uh, please, uh, if you have not become a Misfit Stars supporting member... Now's a great time to do that. It helps you, us you do just, our work. You just heard me gush mm-hmm. about our Misfit Stars supporting members. You could be one of the, I could be gushing about you. It's true. Go to misfitstars.com slash support and get on board. Um, People it, might be like, what's misfitstars.com slash support? It's just like, it's basically like Patreon. It's just we made it ourselves, so there's no middleman, and we have a more direct relationship with you, and also no middleman has taken a cut financially. Hallelujah. Um, Based on Stripe, very secure. Yes. Uh, so, so there's that, and uh, yeah. W- until we see you again, or hear you, you hear us again. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how I'm supposed to say that, but until next time, uh, please be good to yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love y'all. <laughs> see you later. Bye.